0: it's that time of year my friends it's time to chase down those turkeys stuff them with some good old food and put them down your gullet welcome back to the swamp my friends and welcome if you're new it's good to see you made it back for another episode today i'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true thanksgiving horror stories as always if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy these creepy and allegedly true Thanksgiving Day Horror Stories. Hey Swamp Dweller, I love your stories. And as promised, I have a few stories of my own from South Carolina. I want to start off by saying that I am a female in my 30s. This happened when I was 11 or 12, though. My brothers and I are adopted from the Cherokee bloodline and are very sensitive to unnatural things. So, our stories start at a young age, but it was something my adopted mom said at Thanksgiving that made me and my brothers look at each other with absolute fear that none of us had felt in many years. Mom told us that she had been having nightmares about a demonic-looking dog creature with glowing yellow eyes since Grandma had passed, and she was now living in her house. So, my brothers and I went outside to recant the issues we had at the time. As I said, I was eleven or twelve, which means one brother was ten and the other was nine. We had gone to Grandma's every summer which was fine because Grandma had a massive plot of land smack dab in the middle of nowhere. Our great-uncle lived across the wood line and had cattle and chickens, and we would usually enjoy our time at his farm. An hour and a half of being stuck in the car, and we got to the farm. We still have a bit of time before the sun goes down, so we slipped into our muck boots and started walking around the great big field in front of Grandma's house. Something had caught my attention on the other side of the area, though. My brother Jay then looked at me and asked, Kay, what did you see? I said nothing at first, and we continued to play for a bit, but I felt uneasy the entire time, as was my young brother. Something, it just felt like something, was watching us across that field. As it starts to get dark, my grandma lets the dogs out to come and try to retrieve us from playing, which was how we knew it was time to go home. No matter where we were in the woods, the swamp, or anywhere else on the property, the dogs would find us. So we get back to the house, and we get ready for bed like usual. Now it's about nine o'clock on Thanksgiving evening, and I hear one of the cows outside lowing very loudly, like she was being attacked or something. I look out my window and see some massive creature, with yellow eyes attacking this poor cow, absolutely shredding it. The following day, my uncle came to the house and asked if we had seen anything in the pasture last night as one of the beef cows had been mutilated. I stay quiet, as my adopted family doesn't believe in supernatural things anyway, and I didn't want to be ridiculed anymore. He explained that he did not want us going into the woods until they figured out what was killing the cows. But a few days later, a farmer down the road saw a pack of coyotes, and I guess they got the blame. So after that, my brothers and I went into the woods, and we explored the area where I had seen this thing watching us the first day. We go about a hundred feet into the woods or so, and we came across a large bramble patch that looked like it had been molded into the shape of a cave. A thing about these brambles is that unless you have incredibly thick leather work gloves, you will bleed from the inch to inch and a half long briars. Immediately, my brother G starts to cry. He just can't bring himself to talk, and he just stands there and starts to cry. Jay and I get to G, and we try to get him to tell us what is happening, but he cannot compose himself. As we began to walk away from this cave structure, my grandma sends the dogs out, signaling it was time for lunch. At this point, we had a black chow lab mix named Molly and a smaller white and red mix named Sandy, neither of which would have harmed us. Now I bring this up because Molly was tearing through the trees as if something had been ready to attack us. Molly was my dog and very protective of me. As soon as my lovable pooch gets to us, she starts growling and she starts herding all three of us back toward the house. I stopped to see what my beloved dog was flipping out about, and she bit my pant leg and started dragging me right out of the woods. We get back to the yard, and G is finally calm enough to tell us that he swears he heard our grandmother calling us from the swamp further in. Jane and I look at each other and scratch our heads. We hadn't heard grandma at all. That night, my brothers and I were a bit restless. And as soon as it was summer, and we had no actual bedtime, we decided to play ghost in the graveyard in front of the house. We get the torchlight, and I am it, of course. So we never really go too far from the house at night, especially after that. So we play at the front, knowing that it is safer, as there are wild animals in this part of the state as well. I call out. All are free to end the game after ten minutes of not finding each other. The guys come back to the front of the house when we hear my voice from the woods call, All free! All free! We stop, and I point the ample light toward where my voice came from. In the morning, we see a vast, looming figure, dark as sin with large, yellow eyes, call out again, All's free! We got our asses inside and stayed there for the rest of the night. Even to this day, sometimes when we go out there, we have seen the eyes and hear my twelve-year-old voice call out, All's free! So, to the creature in the woods, I don't know what it is, but I don't ever want to meet it. I'm sending in this story in the hopes that I can find others who share similar experiences. This is the experience that actually got me into the paranormal. I was about 10. The year was 2000 if I have to guess correctly. It was Thanksgiving. My birthday is November 23rd, which is Thanksgiving like once every four years. I can't recall if the day in question was one of my birthdays or not, but it's not really essential. Okay so I live in South Mississippi, and for the holidays, sometimes we see our extended family one town over. They have a big house, a lot of land, and live out in the woods and have smaller buildings around the main house used for storage. When we arrived, my parents introduced me to a cousin I had never met before. His name was Zach. He is about a year older than me, making him 11 at the time. We hit it off instantly, and we went upstairs to play Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. After an hour of that, we ran outside for a little bit, which led us to exploring the smaller buildings on the property. We came across one that could have been an apartment for someone. It had a small kitchen, a refrigerator, a TV, and living area, and some workout machines on the first floor. It wasn't a big building at all. The upstairs consisted of two empty bedrooms and a tiny hallway dividing them. The upstairs rooms were to immigrate left and right on the top of the stairs. Me and Zach went up there and found a space to the right, but the door on the left was closed. So, we went back to the first floor, fired up the TV so we could be away from all the adults for a while, and were just hanging out. One of my uncles even came in to grab some frozen food from the freezer at some point and told us to have fun and be safe. The usual adult platitudes. If I remember correctly, about in half an hour goes by, went out of nowhere, we hear a loud crash. It sounded like a car crash or maybe something akin to sharp metal objects falling. However, it seemed to be coming from upstairs and not anywhere outside of the house. So naturally, we wondered what the heck was going on. So we, me going first, went to the staircase to see what was up. And there he was, a neon green figure, like how the Flying Dutchman from Spongebob was depicted, transparent, bright green, was staring over the railing. It was hanging halfway out of the previously locked door staring at us. The door was now cracked open, his torso stopped at the door. Anyways, Zack and I both screamed bloody murder and ran back to the main house and told our parents, who laughed it off as us just being kids. I think someone even said it could be a deceased cousin of ours who stayed over there at some point or another. To this day my mother brings it up because we both love the paranormal, but it being so long ago I'm sure my memories have distorted it a little bit. However, the image of the green man sticking through the door and leering down at me on that Thanksgiving day will forever be in my memory. So if anybody has any similar stories, I'd love to hear them. I usually listen to the show and don't send anything in, but I've had a few stories in my time that kind of line up with some of the stories I've heard on the show, so maybe I'll send some more in. This experience happened at sometime around 1.20 a.m. Thanksgiving morning, 2018. I lived in Southwest Washington State at the time and had rented a vacation home in Lincoln City, Oregon to accommodate me and my sister's family, who was flying in from Hawaii for the Thanksgiving holiday. We had all arrived at the rental around 3 p.m. About 7.30 p.m., my son started yelling for me. He said my one-year-old grandson had gotten into my case with my blood pressure meds And sure enough, one of my pills was missing. We panicked and called Poison Patrol, who told us to call 911 ASAP. They sent an ambulance and took my grandson to a small hospital in the area. The staff there did what they could but told us they were not equipped for the situation, and my grandson needed to be transferred to Randall's Children's Hospital in Portland, Oregon. So on Thanksgiving Eve, a pediatric ambulance was sent from Randall's to Lincoln City about two and a half hour to a three hour drive, due to the holiday traffic. It arrived around midnight to pick up my grandson. My son's wife rode in the ambulance with my grandson back to Randall's. My son and I went back to the beach house to get diapers and clothes and all that. We started driving to Randall's at about 12.30am. Okay, so here is where we encountered something that my son and I will never forget as we live. We had been on the road for about an hour at this point and had just passed the Spirit Mountain Casino on Highway 18 where, in the area, that was all hay farmland in between Bellevue and McMinnville. The road has two lanes, only, and is a long, deserted road, especially at that hour of night. The ride between was very emotional as I felt incredibly guilty for having packed my meds in a side pocket of a tote bag where my grandson could access it. I was terrified for him and crying. My son was also upset, and although he was trying to hide it, I knew he blamed me. Anyway, here is the crazy part. As we were driving, I noticed my son slightly drifting in the road because he was falling asleep. Twice I asked him if he was okay and if he needed me to drive, so being that I was very concerned that he may fall asleep, I was very aware and watched the road in front of us, making sure we would not hit anything. We were going down the road at about 55 miles per hour. In the distance, we both saw what, at first, we thought was a deer running in our lane of the road coming straight at us, but within a couple of seconds we realized it was no deer at all but a golden-colored horse. It must have been around 250 to 300 feet away at that point. It got closer fast, and as I said, we were traveling at about 55 miles per hour. As it got roughly 150 feet away, it leaped upwards and morphed into some giant owl right before our eyes. The wingspan stretched past our lane in the road. My son and I estimated it between 12 to 15 feet in wingspan. This thing was enormous. As soon as we saw that, my son yelled out, what the f***? And we swerved the car to the left to avoid it. And just as he did this, the owl immediately landed about 50 feet ahead of us to our right. In that little area outside the white line, like the bike path area, the owl tucked its head into its wings and into its chest, like it was scared and trying to hide. As we drove past it, I got a good look at it from my window, and its head and wings tucked in. It still came up to about the, the bottom of the window of the Subaru. It seemed like it was wider and bigger than that of a beach ball. So about three and a half feet tall, 20 to 24 inches around the body. This thing was giant. Now as soon as this happened, it was almost as if a trance came over us. It affected both of us in very much the same way. 1. We both did not speak a word the entire drive at all until we got to the hospital. 2. We both lost all feeling of being tired and it felt like calm alertness and awareness took over. I've never even felt that fear that he would fall asleep after the encounter anymore. And three, the memory of the experience was crystal clear. Still, curiosity, wonder, or even awe did not hit us until I drove back through that same area the next afternoon after my grandson was discharged. Suddenly, I started letting everything I saw that night pour out in front of us. The same thing that we saw my son's wife was asking us questions about it, and we were both yelling out the same answers. It was mind-blowing, and to this day we talk about it and wonder what we witnessed that night. We both agree that this seemed to be some sort of mythical creature or shapeshifter or something. We both agree that whatever it was, it was good and meant no harm. Maybe it was a guardian of some sort. Hopefully, anyway. The fact that we both saw it is incredible, though. I don't know if animal spirits, shapeshifters, or magical creatures exist, but this definitely sealed it for me. Four years ago on Thanksgiving, I went to visit my mom and uncle for dinner. Later in the evening, I usually have more than one Thanksgiving to attend since my parents are separated. It was dark at this point, as I turned down the long winding country road that led to my mom's house. For context, my uncle's house is by the road, but my mom's house is down a gravel driveway on the same acre of land, separated by a gorge. As I got closer, I saw the bright flashing lights of ambulances, cop cars, and fire trucks. They were parked right in front of my uncle's place, so I immediately freaked out and was scared that something terrible happened to my family. However, since they were blocking the road, I couldn't get in. I turned around and sped off, opting to arrive at the top half instead, which worked, and I was there and parked within five minutes. I ran up to my uncle's porch where people I hadn't met before were standing, some crying with their arms covered in blood. I saw my uncle and asked if everything was okay and what had happened. One of our neighbors had ingested a cocktail of pills and alcohol, then crashed his pickup truck in the front of the house. There were three people in the truck, all of which were ejected. Two of them were sitting on the porch covered in blood. The third, the driver, our neighbor, had died in the road about 30 minutes earlier. Even worse, one of the guys covered in blood was his son, but unfortunately, It was his own father's blood. I was told afterward that they cradled his head as he lay in the road bleeding from his ears, nose and mouth. It was a downright tragic scene. Now, I'll get to what happened next. About a month goes by and nothing out of the ordinary has happened. Then, out of nowhere, my uncle hears a voice early one morning, sometime around 6 o'clock. It hurts. He told me it sounded like someone was in pain. Long and drawn out raspy calls. My uncle immediately thought that his son, my cousin, had probably gotten into a fight and had stumbled home or something. He jumped out of bed and went to the porch to check. It hurts. It bellowed out again, but this time from behind the house. My uncle said it kept calling and moving around, but eventually trailing off near the wood line. He followed the noise, but never found whatever or whoever was making it. I found out about this a few weeks later when he told me, and he was dumbfounded, and so was I. It's honestly something straight out of a cheap B-grade horror movie. I couldn't believe it, but I know how haunted the land is because I grew up there. I made no connection to what happened at Thanksgiving. His wife didn't believe him either, saying she was next to him and didn't hear a dang thing. She's the deepest sleeper in the world, though. That was the last I heard about it, until about two months later. My uncle's wife was in the bathroom and heard it for herself. It hurts. This time from within the house. She said she froze, as it called out three more times. The voice had moved from inside the house to the front yard before stopping. She was now a believer. It happened twice, but never again after that. My uncle has a theory, though. The guys on the porch, covered in blood, asked if they could wash their hands in the house. Of course, my uncle allowed them to, but he now thinks that it invited something into the home. It was the literal washing of the neighbor's blood down the drain that allowed it to manifest. My uncle also told me later that when the man died, he could smell death. He said it smelled awful and rotten, but lasted only a few seconds at a time. I wasn't there to witness the voice, but my uncle and his wife, who is a skeptic, have zero reasons to make up a story about their dead friend. A year ago, I was at their house and saw the shadow of a man in the road move behind my car before disappearing. I believe it was the man from Thanksgiving night. My story took place in November, 2004. I remember that precisely because George W. Bush had just won his second term as the United States President. I was around nine years old at the time. I am 25 years old now. Yet, this memory has always stayed vividly at the forefront of my mind. I can remember it like it was just yesterday, and it still makes me so uneasy to think about. I've never spoken about it to anyone until now. It was a regular day for me. It was the friday before thanksgiving and our school gave us a whole week off for it i was particularly excited about the weekend because my parents allowed my best friend to stay over for the weekend it's all they could think about that day i was at the pickup student line which meant that a relative or a guardian had to be on their records with a signature to pick me up from school i was too anxious to ride the bus and i was much too nervous to walk home alone despite living in a friendly small town that day My grandma was supposed to pick me up from school, but unfortunately, both my parents were working late. So, I was going to go to her house, and my mom would pick me up there after work. Well, you might be able to tell where this is going. By the time my school was out, my grandma was nowhere to be seen. So I waited in the lobby for about 30 minutes. By this point, it was about empty, aside from the janitor mopping the lobby floor. I was getting nervous. My grandma forgot to pick me up. So I went to tell the office lady that my ride never showed up, I was a pretty anxious kid like I mentioned, and I didn't know what was happening. The lady was lovely, she sat me down in her office and tried calling my grandma. No luck, she tried calling my parents, who said my grandma should have been there already. My mom said she reminded her this morning and would try calling her. Unfortunately she was at work for a few more hours and couldn't get home yet. It was probably 4pm at this point, and I had been at school an extra hour and I was petrified. I was all alone with this office lady, and I could tell she was frustrated. Everyone had already gone home, and she couldn't get on with her a week, because of me. At one point, the janitor walked into the office. It instantly smelled like cigarettes when he walked in. He stared right at me. He was a tall, husky man with long, greasy brown hair, with a bit of a screwed up face and crooked nose. That was the first time I had ever seen this man. I had never seen him around the school before. Considering the small town I was from, it was weird that I didn't recognize him, but I guess it wasn't out of the realm of possibility. His presence instantly made me nervous. I'll never forget the way he looked. He struck up a conversation with the office lady. I remember this part clearly for some reason. He asked her what she was still doing there. She told him and then nodded in my direction. He looked at me intently and sat down next to me. I can still smell the cigarettes to this day. Hey kid, I bet you're excited about Thanksgiving break. Bet you're excited about your family time. Me too. Listen, your grandma's place is on the way to my house. I know her and your grandpa too. I'd love to give you a ride over there. I know right where it is. He said to me. He continued. I know it's scary to feel lost, but I'd love to help you out. He smiled at me. I looked over at the office lady. She looked gleeful that she wouldn't have to wait another hour with me for my mom to get here. She said, Why, that would be great. My husband is waiting for me to get home now. He stood up and said, Great. Then, without my permission, he grabbed my hand, pulled me out of the seat and said, Let's get going then. Grandma must be worried about you. I shivered. I thought about what he said. He said he knew my grandpa too. Unfortunately, I didn't have a grandpa. He had passed long before I was born and divorced my grandma many years before that. I sat back down and shook my head without saying anything. He looked at me blankly, and the office lady looked disappointed. Then he walked out without saying anything. 5 PM rolled around and my mom finally showed up to get me. It turns out my grandma had forgotten to set the alarm and was sleeping the entire time. When I went to my mom's car, I saw him again in the lonely staff parking lot smoking a cigarette. Finally, he looked in our direction got in his truck and drove off pretty sporadically. The thing that gives me shivers is that he didn't drive towards my grandma's house. Instead, he took a left from the school which would have taken you out of town to the city, the opposite of where he said he was going. I never saw him at school again, I had never seen him before that, and I have cried thinking over this so many times. I remembered I had so many nightmares for years and years where the office lady made him take me with him so she could go home sooner. I attribute this to my development of anxiety and paranoia later in life. But this was one of the scariest things that ever happened to me. Thanks for listening to these creepy, and allegedly true, Thanksgiving horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes, and that helps the swamp grow over here. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there, as it helps us grow there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'm always looking for fresh, new, scary stories to share here in the swamp, and I'd love to see yours. I'd love to know in the comments down below, what story tonight was your favorite? Honestly, these were some pretty interesting ones. Maybe not quite as scary as the normal, but definitely very strange. If you're on the go, and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite scary stories from the swamp, no matter where you go, You can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the show outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and potentially giving us a five-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got hoodies, t-shirts, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter I'd love to get in touch with you guys all over there, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy video. Happy holidays, my friends, and stay safe.